Hello and welcome to the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and this podcast is dedicated to the memory of my sister Rebecca and her love for all things pop culture, especially memories from her childhood and adolescence in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. You are tuning in to the very first official episode, The Golden Girls, one of her and my all-time favorite shows. On today's show, you will learn a ton of information about this timeless television show, including how did the concept come about, who starred on the show, and what was their story, and why, almost 30 years after it went off the air, is the show still so popular? You'll also learn the answers to two very important questions. Just how many cheesecakes were eaten during the show's run, and which actress had a wardrobe clause in her contract? P.S. That sounds like a lot of shoulder pads. So kick up your feet, rest your head, or focus on the road. Here we go. The origins of the show are actually quite interesting. In 1984, there was an NBC fall TV preview, and there were two veteran actresses presenting. One was Doris Roberts, who you may remember from Everyone Loves Raymond and Christmas Vacation, of course, and Selma Diamond, who was in Night Court. And if you'd like to have a song stuck in your head, just look up that theme song. Um, they were doing a sketch introducing Miami Vice. They were bantering back and forth and mispronouncing things. And an NBC executive had an idea. Wouldn't it be really great if we could put together a show with some older women? Because that's a demographic that isn't really represented on TV. He pitched the idea to NBC and it took off. They thought that it sounded like a great idea. And so the, the search began for the actresses and they were able to settle on four. The first character on the show was going to be played by Betty White. Betty White was born on January 22, 1922. She was born on the outskirts of Chicago, but moved to L.A. when she was two. Her parents taught her about being compassionate towards animals her whole life, and this has really stayed with her. Growing up, she wanted to be a writer, but after writing a play for school, she got bit by the acting bug. Things had to take a little bit of a backseat when World War II hit. Later, she got her real start in television on a show called Hollywood on Television. She became extremely popular on that show, and she was actually offered a show of her own. She starred in Life with Elizabeth for two years and served as its producer. And I didn't realize this before, but Betty White is actually one of the very first female TV producers ever. I mean, she was already awesome as it is. And that just makes her that much cooler. Betty White has a ton of television acting credits, including the Mary Tyler Moore show, later on um, being on a show called Hot in Cleveland. She's also on a short-lived show called Maybe This Time alongside Marie Osmond. Uh, in case you didn't know, and I learned this through um, some stand-up with Kathy Griffin and found out it was true, but Marie Osmond is a porcelain doll enthusiast. Yes. She has her own line, which you can find online. Some of those dolls include Standing Love and Laughter, Kiki June, Hershey Hugs, and Kissy a Frog. Not Kiss a Frog, Kissy a Frog. And my sister and I were quite terrified of porcelain dolls. Somebody gave us one and it was hidden in a closet. 
um, in kind of a dark area of our house. And sometimes at night we thought it would be funny, you know, we thought it was funny to go into that room and and look at the porcelain doll who is looking at us and um, then run out of the room screaming. So you can tell that I'm not a, not a huge fan of porcelain dolls, but, you know, everybody has their interests and that's fine. Betty White has the longest television career of anyone. It spans about 80 years. The next character was going to be played by B. Arthur. B. Arthur was born on May 13, 1922. She was born in Brooklyn, New York, but her family moved to Cambridge, Maryland when she was about 10. Her parents operated a women's clothing shop. Later during World War II, she was one of the very first women to enlist in the United States Marine Corps Women's Reserve and went through basic training and then was a typist and later was a truck driver, which makes me think, what was her CB handle? Not now, ma! Maybe? I don't know. She was honorably discharged, meeting the rank of sergeant. She was also a licensed med tech, but only worked in the field for about a year and a half. She realized that she wanted to be a star and decided to attend acting school. So she moved to New York City. And for $15 a month, she had a teeny tiny little apartment that had a toilet in the hallway, a bathtub in the kitchen, which was next to a sink. But just it really just shows her, her drive to become an actress. That's what she really wanted to do, which is a common theme amongst all of the women on the show. One of her first jobs was singing at a nightclub. She was pretty stiff, though, so she was fired pretty quickly. So she made the move to be a more serious actress, and sort of accidentally she realized that she had some comedic chops. She was singing a song in a very serious manner during a, a play, and the, the wording and lyrics were very serious, but just her delivery and her deadpan made the audience laugh, and she realized that, you know, maybe they're onto something here. She was a mother to two boys, was a close friend of Angela Lansbury, and she starred in Maud, which is a pretty popular and groundbreaking show previous to Golden Girls. It was very progressive for its time, and it covered really controversial topics. Estelle Getty was born on July 25th, 1923 in New York. Her family owned a glass business. Her childhood nickname was Eddie, as her sister could not pronounce Estelle. On Friday nights, her dad would take her family to see stage performances, which really inspired her. She always wanted to be an actress, but her parents, you know, especially given the time, weren't very supportive. So eventually she moved on to being a, a secretary, but that, that drive and that ambition to become an actress really stayed with her. So she had two boys and was married and worked as a secretary. So she would get the kids ready to go to school, you know, put them on the bus. Then she would go to work. On her lunch break, she would audition. Then she would go back to work. Then she would take care of her family in the afternoon and evening, put her kids to bed, and go to auditions at night. She didn't give up. It's pretty inspiring. Eventually, she went on to act in some small plays, and she did that for about 20 years. She took care of younger cast members. She became a very close friend of Harvey Weinstein and acted in his plays. And he had a lot of controversial plays for the time, and she didn't bat an eye. She lost many fellow actors to AIDS. She became a prominent participant in AIDS-related events for most of her life. She was in a play called The Torch Song Trilogy, which really put her on the map and got people's attention. Rue McClanahan was born on February 21, 1934. She grew up on the plains of Oklahoma. She was the first of two daughters. Her parents both owned businesses, which was unusual at the time, for, especially for women to work. 
Her mom brought her to dance class with her, and she fell in love. It came naturally to her. Later in high school, she ended up running the dance studio. She ended up actually owning it. She had her own car. She taught classes. She ran the business all when she was about 18 years old. After high school, she enrolled in the University of Tulsa to study German and theater arts. After she graduated, she moved to New York City to pursue a career in acting. She spent the next several years working very hard to be an actress and finally made it onto TV. She caught the eye of a very well-known TV producer, and he put her on his show with B. Arthur, Maud, which we talked about earlier. Production for The Golden Girls started in the spring of 1985. Everyone knew it was going to be a hit. But before we get to the show, let's go over some other things that were happening in 1985. For one, Ronald Reagan was president. Windows 1.0 was released. Pop stars gathered to sing We Are the World. The average home price was about $89,000, and a brand new car was about $9,000. Coca-Cola introduced new Coke, which didn't last very long. Route 66 was removed from the United States highway system, which I'm still bitter about. Michael Jordan was Rookie of the Year, and there were a lot of other really well-known shows on during this time, including Punky Brewster, Kate Nally, Who's the Boss, Growing Pains, Cheers, MacGyver, and Perfect Strangers. I mean, come on, that is a who's who's list of some pretty fantastic shows in the 80s. Golden Girls premiered on September 14, 1985, after a summer of constant promotion. TV Guide said it was the best show in the last 10 years. For the time that it was on TV, it ran on Saturday nights, including that premiere. That premiere ended the week with 25 million views. The show starred Rue McClanahan as Blanche Devereaux, who was a widower who owned a home in Miami. Rue described Blanche as being very insecure, but pretended she had a lot of confidence, especially around men. Many episodes include her escapades with men in some very risque situations and behavior, to put it lightly. Rose Nyland was also a widower. She answered an ad she saw at a grocery store. Blanche was looking for a roommate after she moved to Miami following the passing of her husband. Rose is from a small farming town called St. Olaf, Minnesota, which she often recounts in a hilarious manner. Rose initially works at a grief center. She's very naive, and my grandma would often laugh at her commentary, and my grandma would slap her leg and say in a very high-pitched voice, She is so stupid! B. Arthur played Dorothy's Bornack, a divorcee. She had also answered the advertisement looking for a roommate. Her backstory is she got married at a young age because she became pregnant. But as the show goes on, she remains in contact with her ex-husband, who's often the butt of her jokes. She works as a substitute teacher. Like her mother, Dorothy is extremely blunt and always tells it like it is. She is rarely able to restrain herself when one of the other women says or does something ridiculous, which happens in every episode, pretty much. It was often said that B. Arthur was really the anchor of the show because of her deadpan delivery, which to this day is amazing to watch. She is, she was an incredibly talented actress, and her delivery was just spot on. Sophia Petrillo was played by Estelle Getty. She's Dorothy's mom, and she moves into the house because her senior living home, Shady Pines, burns down in a fire. 
a reoccurring theme throughout the show is Dorothy threatening to take her mom back to Shady Pines when she gets frustrated with her. She's also extremely blunt and never holds back sarcastic remarks aimed at her roommates and her daughter. The Golden Girls follows the trials and tribulations of four unique and hilarious women as they navigate the later years of their lives. The show saw each of them in romantic relationships at work, volunteering, dealing with health issues, loss, and the joys and stressors of roommatehood. In many episodes, the group reminisces about their earlier years. Sophia's famous line was, Picture it, Sicily, 1922, or something along those lines where she would recount a story that often doesn't make a lot of sense that happened when she was living in Italy. And who can forget Rose's St. Olaf stories? In one story, she talks about the Great Herring War, which resulted in a herring circus, which is like SeaWorld, but much, much smaller. And Dorothy, quietly chuckling, asks if a herring gets shot out of a cannon, to which Rose replies, yes, but only once. In another story, a milk driving tournament starts in St. Olaf after her cousin falls into a milk vat, or the Eskimo family that saved St. Olaf during a drought when their igloo melted. Dorothy and Blanche's reactions to her stories are so well done, and they are still hysterical to this day. Sometimes it's hard to tell if they are laughing in character at the stories or if they are breaking character. In case you didn't know, the theme song, thank you for being a friend, was written by Andrew Gold and was sung by Cynthia Fee. Andrew Gold was a very talented singer and songwriter and musician. He could play a lot of instruments, including the flute, synthesizer, accordion, and ukulele. He played alongside of James Taylor, Freddie Mercury, Bonnie Raitt, and he allegedly wrote the theme song to Golden Girls within an hour. I mean, one hour to write the greatest theme song for television of all time? That man was a genius. Cynthia Fee, who sang the song, as I mentioned, her voice could be heard in many 80s and 90s commercials, including ones for Hoover and Pontiac. May you rest in peace, Pontiac. Some interesting facts about the show that maybe you didn't know. Rue McClanahan once allegedly said that the Golden Girls executive producer asked her to persuade B. Arthur to play the role of Dorothy as she was initially reluctant. McClanahan told her that it was the best script that would come across her desk. Why would she want to pass on it? Technically speaking, Betty White was the oldest in real life. She was the oldest cast member but she is the only survivor of the ensemble. B. Arthur's favorite scene is when she did a performance of I've Got You, Babe with Sophia, and it is hysterical. She said, oh God, it was fun. The show was extremely progressive as it pertains to the LGBT population. In one episode, there's a lesbian character who is in love with Rose, and Blanche gets upset when that woman doesn't like her and wonders, why does she want Rose? That's ridiculous. It's it's really well done. And there's another episode where Blanche deals with finding out that her brother is gay and is getting married, and she goes from rejection to acceptance within an episode. Again, very well done, lighthearted and funny, but not poking fun. It's, it's a really, really great episode. Betty White once said that gay bars would turn off dance music when the show came on, which just kind of made me chuckle. It's a rain and men. Hallelujah. Wait, wait, what, what, what? Golden Girls is on. Turn off the music. We'll listen to raining men later. Tons of controversial topics were covered throughout the show's run, including AIDS, gay marriage, and teen pregnancy. 
Rue McClanahan got to keep all of her clothes from the show, which filled 13 closets per her contract. Betty White was originally going to be cast to play the role of Blanche, and Rue was slated to play Rose. Can you imagine? That is just not right. Thank God they switched that. B. Arthur said she never watched the show while it was on. Um, Rue McClanahan got marriage proposals and catcalls, because kind of based on her character's as I mentioned, sort of risque behavior. People kind of assumed that maybe she was like that in real life. And so there were times when she was walking past a stereotypical, you know, construction site like we see in TV shows, and people were saying some pretty inappropriate comments to her. Estelle Getty was allegedly very fearful of death, so she never had any serious lines in the show about death. Estelle Getty also dealt with a lot of anxiety on the show. She really felt inadequate compared to the other actresses on the show because they had all been in the performing arts for decades and decades and decades and she'd really gotten into it much much older in life so she always felt throughout the show's run that she was just not as talented as the other women on the show but you would never know because she did amazing on that show also originally there was a fifth character on the show a male housekeeper a lot of the classic scenes as the show goes on, you'll notice, are around the kitchen table. And so there wasn't really enough room for a fifth person. And initially, Estelle Getty's character, Sophia Petrillo, wasn't going to have as much of a um, consistent role in the show. But she did so well on that pilot episode that they decided to scrap the housekeeper, whose name was Coco, and uh, just stick with the four women, which worked out quite well. And this is something that I just could not believe when I read it. B. Arthur, are you ready for this? B. Arthur hated cheesecake. Hated cheesecake. That's unbelievable because that's how they dealt with tough times on that show is by eating cheesecake. And as a matter of fact, during filming, they went through 100 cheesecakes during the show's seven-year run. B. Arthur also hated wearing shoes. She was 5'10", and Estelle Getty, who played her mother, was about 4'11". So in every episode of the show, she's always wearing some kind of boots or sandals or a weird vest that is about five feet long, which you'll notice if you watch some episodes. I've, her style was quite interesting. The women on the show were very committed to their role in the show. They would do table readings at 10 a.m. on Mondays. And they would show up at 9.30 a.m. and get ready and get coffee and get bagels and be ready to go by 10 o'clock, if not earlier. Due to filming constraints, there's only three chairs ever at the dining table. That way they can capture all the facial expressions that Dorothy and Blanche make, especially when Rose tells a silly story or, or other reactions, which are pretty priceless. And you'll notice that sometimes if all four of the women are in the kitchen during a show, that one person pulls up a stool Again, in the back, not in the front, blocking the facial reactions of the other characters. The Queen of England was a huge fan of the show. The women actually did a stage version of their show for her, and there was a, quite a large audience in London. They were mobbed by fans, and if you've seen it, you can see it actually on YouTube. It is hysterical and pretty, I feel like I'm overusing this word, but pretty risque um, in front of the Queen of England, um, but they did an outstanding, outstanding job. The exterior of the house was actually shot in Los Angeles. It is not in Miami. Um, apparently the owners really 
you know, not wanting fans to be looking at their house. So they put up some pretty large walls. You can't go inside. Um, the house reportedly has four bedrooms, four bathrooms, and is about 2,900 square feet. But my question is, and I didn't see this in the um, real estate, on the real estate site, but is there a lanai? I really need to know that. Is there a lanai at this house? Where did that inspiration come from? Because that was a, an asset to that show. The facade of the house could be seen at Hollywood Studios, which at the time was known as MGM Studios. So there's a back lot tour where you took a tram around and got to see different facades from different movies and TV shows, and one was Golden Girls. So that was certainly my favorite stop on that, on that attraction. Throughout the show's run, each star earned an Emmy Award. 27.2 million people watched the show's finale, which showed Dorothy marrying Leslie Nielsen. She finally got to find love, because throughout the show, she's really struggling with, with relationships. The show ended after seven seasons, and that was really spearheaded by B. Arthur. She really wanted to go out on top. She felt like they had told all the stories that they could tell and wanted to leave on a, on a high note. The other three characters really didn't want to leave the show, but she knew that it was, it was time to go. When the Golden Girls ended, it resulted in a couple of different spinoff shows. The first one that came was Golden Palace. That, was, that ran for only one season and did not include B. Arthur. And the actresses, the other actresses later, you know, admitted that maybe that wasn't the best thing to, to do. And there's also Empty Nest, which ran for, I think, seven or eight seasons, and Nurses. They really tried to, you know, bank on the Golden Girls and how outstanding of a show that was. But nothing quite came close to that dream team. That's for darn sure. Several years after the show, Estelle Getty appeared as Sophia in a few TV shows, including Blossom which had that amazing intro, and Empty Nest. Uh, she died in 2008 when she was 84 years old of dementia. B. Arthur wrote and starred in a one-woman show on the stage and was nominated for a Tony Award. She died in 2009 of cancer. She was 86. Rue McClanahan was diagnosed and eventually recovered from breast cancer. She did some lecture series um, and things like that, but... In 2010, she died of a stroke. She was 76. And Betty White is still kicking, still kicking strong, and she's almost 100 years old. It is incredible, her longevity in show business. Um, so she's continued to act in movies and in TV shows. She even hosted SNL after an online petition really got some traction. And if you haven't seen that show, see if you can find it, because it, she did an outstanding job, and I think she felt a little bit kind of insecure about doing the show. You know, it's not really, you know, the format of a traditional show, but her skits were hysterical. So the Golden Girls really, really lives on. You know, it's been off the air for almost 30 years and it's still, you know, all around us. For a fee, you can watch The Golden Girls on Hulu, YouTube, Amazon Prime, etc. Um, it runs pretty frequently on the Hallmark Channel and I think also on TV Land. If you're a fan of Etsy, they have an unbelievable amount of Golden Girls-inspired merchandise. You can get uh, candles called Stay Golden, t-shirts, and stickers. I found one that said, picture it, Sicily, 1922, with the likes of uh, Sophia on it. Or my personal favorite a green keychain 
with pine trees on it that says Shady Pines Retirement Home. There are tons and tons of YouTube channels that have playlists and clips from the show. I own, I personally own all seven seasons of The Golden Girls. I already owned um, a couple of seasons and the ones I was missing, I was able to acquire from my sister. So it makes it, you know, that much more special whenever I'm watching it. And that show holds up unbelievably well. I mean, even the pilot episode is really good. And how many shows can you say that? There's so many first episodes of shows that really, you know, the cast can't really quite find their footing. The jokes aren't that funny. But man, this show was like spot on right away, right away. And I find the show to be incredibly comforting at any time, but especially right now with what's going on in the world. Even the theme song music I find oddly comforting. I find the transition music very comforting. It is an all-around fantastic show that holds up incredibly well, and not a lot of shows can say that. So I hope you have enjoyed this deep dive into the unforgettable and classic show, The Golden Girls. I hope you're able to learn something new that maybe you didn't know before. The more I researched the show and rewatched it more, I appreciate it for so many different reasons. For now, though, be kind, be safe, and hold tight to your memories. I hope you'll join me for my next show, where we will be discussing the incredible and resilient life of Tupac Shakur. Thank you for being a friend.